quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. It's finally here, Understanding Big Emotions, my new completely video online course. If you find yourself having a difficult time listening to big feelings, understanding the science and significance behind traumas, and wanting to teach resilience and authentic self-regulation, then this is the course for you. Only for the next 24 hours, you can purchase this course for an introductory price of $47. When it launches, it will be $67. I will also be holding a live Q&A and forming a private Facebook group just for the members of this class. I've wanted to do this class for a very long time, as I've seen with my clients and my own children the incredible benefits of allowing your children to have their feelings completely and unfettered. I also know how difficult it is to do this, and I'm giving you all I know about listening to big feelings, the connection and science behind it, and ways to help yourself along the way. I hope you will take advantage of this offer, and I look forward to seeing you in the live Q&A. The link will be in the show notes and in the bio on my Instagram. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with a lovely guest, Kelly, from our community, who's going to share her story into conscious and peaceful parenting. And I'm so excited to have her here. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Michelle. I'm Katie. I'm a mom to twin boys who are going to be four now this Sunday. And I live in South Africa, um, this province of Mpumalanga. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes. You're so far. Exactly. So far. And if people picture African safari, we are like in that part of South Africa. We have giraffes outside our fence. <laughs> no, amazing. Yes. Wow. Yeah, what it's awesome. Incredible. 
experience. Wow. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. And my background is in Montessori teaching. So that's what I did for almost a decade. And the school that I taught at was very rooted in positive discipline. And I loved it. I want to take this into my parenting. And oh, this experience is so awesome because when I have kids, it's going to be so easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, what we all think. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it was not. So our story was, I met my husband and we got married and both of us definitely wanted a family. And we decided let's start a family and I felt pregnant and I lost the first baby. Mm, so that was obviously hard. Yeah. But very soon afterwards, I felt pregnant again. And I was that mom that wanted to give birth at home in my bath with candles and beautiful music. And then in South Africa, the cesarean rate in private healthcare for a singleton is 99% or 98% or something crazy like that. Very few people. No. Yeah, it's just intervention after intervention. So if you're pregnant with twins, there's probably a handful of Ghanies in the entire country that would even consider a natural birth. So then we went and I just knew from four weeks that it was twins. I just knew I had twins. And I said to my husband, there's two in there. And he's like, no, there's not. I was like, there's two in there. Yeah. And then we went for our first scan and my husband even said to the Ghani, she thinks there are two babies in there. Please, can you prove her wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and we went in and he turned on the machine and what did he said? How many do you see? And it was like this little panda bear face with these two little bouncing beans. And obviously from that moment on, we were just overjoyed. And I had a pretty good pregnancy until 28 weeks. I got some early contractions and they just kept an eye on me and I was on modified bed rest at home. And then eventually the boys were born at 31 weeks. It was obviously a far cry from my initial images of beautiful bathtub at home. I was surrounded by all the doctors and nurses and it was a very fast because I went into labor um, and I progressed very quickly and they obviously didn't want the babies to come out naturally oh, I just remember no. papers being shoved in front of me and I was just signing because I had a different doctor all of a sudden and it was just crazy and oh, then gosh. the boys were born and the pediatrician had really prepared me for the worst she had told me about all the things that might happen and the likelihood of cerebral palsy and blindness and deafness. And so I was prepared. And then they came out and I heard them cry. And I got to meet them very briefly before they were obviously rushed away to the NICU. And I got to meet them properly for the first time about 22 hours after they were born. What were you doing in those 20 hours? Waiting for my legs to work. (laughs) Right. I was just going to say you had the epidural in the hole. Yeah. And I had nurses trying to express milk for the babies. And it was just, and I was on all the drugs and it was just oh crazy. Oh my gosh. And then the thing is, I don't know any difference. I don't know what it's like to give birth to a baby and get skin to skin and go home and start my life with a baby. So I think if I knew what that was like, it would have been a lot harder. So this was just my reality. And they were little machines, these two. They didn't have a problem in the NICU. They called them feeders and growers. And they were in there for four weeks. So when they came home, they were 35 weeks gestation. They were like little blocks of butter. They were tiny. Mm -hmm. And the NICU set me up with this kind of sense of this is going to be so easy because everything is so routine. And you've got this nurse with you and everything is very supported and held. And 
the NICU we were in specifically was just incredible like that. I felt like I had a family. And then I got home and then the boys, well, I should say the boys came home. And for the first two days, it was just, oh, bliss. I've got my babies and just lying with them on my chest. And I woke up on day three and it was like somebody had taken my personality away. I woke up like I was a different person. And it was, I struggled. Obviously, I loved my babies more than anything in the world, but I just struggled to be there yeah, mentally and emotionally. And it was so hard. And that lasted for a while. And very soon after that, after they came home, we moved out of the city where I grew up and where my family was across the country to where we are now. And so it drew until I became this anxious ball of my babies need to sleep at the same time and feed at the same time. And I was just so anxious and it was so hard. And Oh no, I'm sorry. That's oh, not nice to be. And, and then you have to mother and be a mother. And to mother. two tiny little babies that need everything. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And for me, when they cried, I was failing. When yeah. they cried, there was something wrong because you're just always living on that edge of something is going to go wrong. Something is going to go wrong. You've well, and I think it goes back stress disorder. Yeah. And it goes back to the whole idea that crying is somehow wrong. Or exactly. that it shouldn't be, or that it's something we need to fix. I didn't know exactly. that until way later. And I always thought, got to get the baby to stop crying. Got to get the baby to stop crying. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do it? Are they fed? Are they this? Are they that? And then you rack your brain. What is it? The it. five S's, shushing, swaddling, all the S's. I did all the S's, like every S. Oh, I, I did the, the S's. S's too. I did a lot of S's. <laughs> but the kids in the car seat, I drove I was like, I'm going to get these children <laughs> quiet. And I think yes, now because... if I had to do it again, I'd be like, let them cry. Let them exactly. cry. I'll hold them and let them And when they cry, pick them up. You're not going to make bad habits. No. You know, that was another thing for me was this kind of bombardment. I know it's like this for every parent, but with twin parents, it's this pressure. Like if your kids are not in routine, you're not going to have a life. You're always going to have a baby that's awake or crying or trying to feed or whatever the case was. And there was this insane pressure that I, obviously no one made me do it, but I took it on and I put it on myself. Yeah. And the first year was very tough, very, yeah. very tough. I breastfed them for two and a half years. Wow. And then they got to that age where suddenly discipline becomes a bit of an issue. They say and, no. But with my two, especially the one, he started throwing tantrums at seven months old. And in the books, it's like tantrums are normal from kind of 18 months. And I was like, okay, cool. And he started throwing these tantrums. And at one point I was Googling, how can you tell if your baby hates you? (laughs) That's literally. I'm sure. (laughs) But that's the ultimate mom guilt, right? That is the ultimate mom guilt. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. I have a child who's tantruming at seven months and somehow we internalize that (laughs) as like something we've done wrong, which is so messed up. And I think society has set us up like that hundred percent. Oh my gosh. And then now I'm like, okay, cool. Go back to all my positive discipline knowledge from when I was teaching. And I taught the early foundation phase, so age three to six. And they obviously were younger, but I started going, okay, positive language. And I did it. And I just found it so exhausting because they triggered me so much more than any child I ever taught mm-hmm. because they're my children. So I was like, I've taught children you know, with all sorts of anger issues. 
like real behavioral problems. And I did not find that as hard as I find my two. I had a class of 24 children between the age of three and six, and it was easier than my one child crying. Yep. That's and exactly I, I was just right. baffled. How am I getting this so wrong? I was a really good teacher. <laughs> I, was a really I said good the teacher. same thing. I was a teacher too. And I kept thinking to myself, I loved teaching. I hate parenting. Yeah. I hate it. It's not fun. It was, and I eventually came across hand in hand parenting by reading that book, Tears Heal. Oh, yeah. And it was on sale in our bookshop and I was like, hold on. And I picked it up and I read the back and something twigged in me and I read through it. And then she spoke about Patty and hand-in-hand parenting. So I Googled hand-in-hand parenting and couldn't stop researching and yeah. reading and reading. And then I joined the Facebook group and found a listening partner. And then I started talking about parenting and so much stuff came up and I realized just how much. I did not know about myself, firstly, that my children were showing me every single day. It never stops because they get to two and then it's a new trigger and then it's tell, three and it's a new trigger. Tell people about <gasps> listening partnerships because I know a lot of people, well, so, some people know about it. Yeah, no, we got to yes. go back there because it's like the goal. Absolutely. It's the goal, right? <laughs> it's the goal. It's the secret of hand-in-hand parenting. I think it's the one thing that really sets it apart from every other positive or respectful parenting approach. And it's, To sum up a listening partner, it's somebody just listens to you with all the warmth and respect and trust that you haven't experienced. You can say whatever you want. There's no judgment. It's just love and warmth. And what happens when you do that is everything just comes up. You cry, you laugh. Often I will start laughing until I cry. And it's those healing cries. You know, when you have a big cry and then you feel so much better afterwards. They're like the perfect people. I feel like I always say my listening partner is the perfect person for me because all they do is listen to me and have empathy for me and understand me. And I'm like, this is the perfect relationship. And no wonder I get so much Mm -hmm. out of it. Absolutely. And you know what? They don't have any attachment to your life and they don't have any attachment to your child. So it's like your own... It's like your own confession to just, you get to unpack that emotional backpack you carry around every week or however much you want. Actually, you can have as many listening partners as you want. And knowing you've got that, your child will do something and you'll be able to pause and know I can revisit this. I can unpack this with someone Yeah, and I going to listen to me. Yeah. And the other two things I realized is that when I do have my listening partners, I feel lighter afterwards. I just feel Mm. so much lighter. Like my head is clearer and I can parent better because whatever was clogging me is like Mm. gone. And it's amazing. Like I could talk about work in my listening partnership, Mm. not even about my kids. And it helps me be a better parent. Because that's the thing. It's not necessarily our children that are clogging up our minds. It's all the little things that happen during the day. Your internet's not working and then your garage door won't open and then it happens to your car and that's all running through your mind. And then your child is like, mom's not quite here. I'm going to get her back. So I'm going to go and I don't know, draw on this wall or eat something yeah. I shouldn't. And then that's when you snap and it's not actually your child. It's everything that's in your head. Yeah. And that's what a listening partnership yeah. does is it allows you to just clear that you can really connect to your child without yeah. that. 
Have you ever thought that tantrums are actually connective? Did you know that big, messy feelings are healing and the idea of being an empathic listener is what makes this all happen for our children or even other adults we know? My online video course, Understanding Big Emotions Without Using Punishments or Otherwise Losing Your Mind, really teaches us how to be the emotional coach for our children, helping them learn authentic and lasting self-regulation while also instilling self-regulation in us. Only for the next 24 hours, you can purchase this course for an introductory price of $47. When it launches, it will be $67. I will also be holding a live Q&A and forming a private Facebook group just for the members of this class. I hope you will take advantage of this offer and look forward to seeing you in the live Q&A. The link will be in the show notes and in the bio on my Instagram. You spend so much time taking in everyone's feelings, right? Really Mm -hmm. listening. If you're really doing, if you're really doing the tools of hand and hand parenting, you're stay listening. So you're listening with empathy and understanding everything. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to be that container for your children all the time. And so you need a place to have your feelings too, a tantrum, your own Mm -hmm. place to, because it won't work. And that's what I like to tell my clients. It will not work just white knuckling trying to just do connection and be perfect and do all these things. It won't work unless you have a release and you're taking care of yourself and you're diving into your childhood and you're doing all these other things. This method will not work. You have to do it all. Unfortunately, when you're parenting your child, you've actually got to be reparenting yourself. You've got to be giving yourself all the things that your child's triggering in you. If you are feeling fear around something, you've got to look at that. If you are feeling abandonment, all these little things come up and you've really got to just pause and look into it. And with my two, I strongly believe that children with a traumatic start do have more of this fearful emotion in them. When I started listening to them, when I stopped trying to make everything okay, when I stopped trying to fix all their problems, they had a lot to say. The tantrums that I have sat through I would go and cry afterwards because of just how much fear came out of those little bodies. As me, well, I think I created, I punished with yelling and punishments and all that stuff until Esme was six. And I think I created that kind of fear in her. And the tantrums the first year of Mm. this parenting method were, I mean, she spit in my face. She kicked me. Mm. She hit me. She tried to headbutt me. She tried to headbutt her sister. She tried to put her head through the wall. She tried to do all of these things. And I kept thinking, whoa, this kid has Mm. a lot going on in there, but I stuck through it, but it was hard. Those tantrums are hard hard. sometimes. Those are two hours, three hours. Wow. Wow. And you start questioning yourself. like And the method. Exactly. They get through that tantrum and the peace that comes after it is like nothing else. It's that you can almost see it leaving their body. It's amazing. It gives me the chills talking about it because yeah. I remember afterwards so many times and just feeling like I am never going to be more connected to anybody in this world than this child. There is no Absolutely. way after going through what we've gone through, we've gone through yeah. war, emotional war, and we've gotten back. And I can't tell people enough how important it is to have a listening partner and how important mm-hmm. it is to really dive into listening to feelings, no matter how mm-hmm. bad it gets. I actually welcome tantrums now. I'm at the point where they're whinging, they're whining. And, you know, you set a limit, you do a bit of play listening. And then suddenly they get to that point where they 
burst that bubble and you're like, okay, come here. Bring I'm it. listening. Yes. I want it to actually, come because they'll feel better. Patty talks about the emotional poop. That's it's yeah. like they get it all out and then we can carry on with our day. And my voice, yeah. even since the NICU stay, they've had various traumas just through, oh my gosh, my one child almost severed his finger in this break of a bicycle last June. So that was no, no surgery no. to reattach his finger. <laughs> no, thank hand you. Hand in hand <laughs> tools got me through that. Like, no, it was incredible. I feel like I could write a case study on every tantrum he had and how I knew exactly what he needed in that moment. And Amazing. the healing that took place was just incredible. And so that was not just having an operation to reattach a severed finger. It was during COVID, obviously. And I wasn't allowed to go into theater with him because usually they let you in until the, the child's asleep. So I had to say goodbye to him at the door. No. And he was That's- so brave. I was a wreck, but he was so brave. Yeah, boy, that's so crazy. He worked through that so well. And now he can talk about it quite comfortably and happily. And But we've had a few big meltdowns around his hands, specifically. If, if his hands bleed, it's like... Triggers him right back there. You've got to stop whatever you're doing. Yeah. I mean, his finger was severed. That's yeah. no joke. You know, like we're not talking was, about... That's traumatic. It was the worst thing I've been through and it but wasn't you, me, it was him. <laughs> yeah, but you let him have his feelings. I can only imagine if you didn't and where, what behaviors may have cropped up or what things because could. everything in me was like, get him to stop crying because if he stops crying, that means he's okay. And if he's okay, you're okay. <laughs> you know, uh, that he brought out was terrifying. It was so hard. It was hard. You're so brave. But- you're so brave. Oh my gosh. You've been through a lot. Your listening partner has been through a lot. <laughs> so have you. Yes. Poor thing. She's like, dang, oh. why did I have to get the girl with the kid who had the severed finger and COVID? The accident prone sons. Oh my goodness. I love it. Um, well, oh, yeah, but- so just to wrap up, tell us what's the one thing you would tell people who are starting on this journey of parenting this way, whether it be hand in hand parenting or whether it would conscious parenting or there's this umbrella with all this kind mm. of parenting in it and hand in hand is just one so, little part of it, but there's a lot exactly. of conscious parenting. It's, and when you write about it, it's often like conscious slash respectful slash peaceful slash parenting. You, know, you don't know what quite what to call it, but it's all under that umbrella. My one piece of advice, I would say your child's behavior is not a reflection of you as a parent. Yeah. They're their I, own person. I love that. Yes, They're their it, own person and you've got to right. respect that. And What's behavior? Exactly. What is it even? It's, what is it? It's nothing. It's just them trying to tell you how they're feeling. Yeah. It's just behavior. It's exactly. Not, and it's not necessarily quote unquote bad. No. It's just behavior. Oh, I like <laughs> that. Is it Keely or Kelly? Kelly. Kelly. In America, you would say Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, it is Kelly, but I'm not yes. saying it right. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. But you're saying Kelly. it right. Well, well I like spells. the word Kelly. I like the way you said it. It sounds much better. Thank you for being here. I loved talking to you. It was so lovely. And I love your story too. It's great, great, great. And <laughs> the listening partnerships is, that's the gold. Yeah. That really is the gold. It really, so really is. Tell us where we can find you if we want to find you. I'm on Instagram at Conscious Confident Parenting. <laughs> Perfect. We'll and, link it in um, our notes. Yes. And I'm busy setting up my website because I will start 
consulting this year. So yay, congratulations. So Thank okay, you. Good. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lovely journey. You will love, love, love it. It's almost listening yeah. to parents is almost as healing as listening to your children. It's really, I lovely. think we can identify in so many ways with other parents. Yeah. It's I love working such with a, parents. Yeah. Familiarity. Yeah. It's so great. Well, thanks for thanks, joining Michelle. us on the peace and parenting podcast. And I really appreciate you guys being here and we will see you next time. Haley's story and journey into parenting with connection reminds me of the real importance and significance of listening partnerships and the incredible personal work we can do using this transformative tool. If you're looking for a listening partner and are doing this challenging work, please join our private Facebook group where like-minded parents come together to support one another. Thank you for joining me this week and for the kind and supportive reviews and messages. You don't know how giddy I get each time I read how you all are making big differences in the lives of your children and doing this important work. That's all for now. Looking forward to connecting with you next week. Much love.